cancer is crime. We need a self-sufficient law enforcement robot. How long will it take? We can go to prototype within 90 days. Where are you from? Metro South. Welcome to hell. All units, all units, sector nine. Better alive, you're coming with me. The podcast brought to you by two formerly religious guys talking all about the movies that we were told ever to watch. That's right. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Josh here with you. And we're excited for this one. Yeah. Um, like you say, this podcast is brought to you by us. <laughs> we have no, <laughs> no sponsors. There's no production value at all. <laughs> we use our own funds and time to bring you this podcast. So it's free. So if you have any complaints, um, please do leave them. We, we would like to improve the podcast. Get a refund. But, but yeah, um, we'll get sponsored eventually right hey whatever man we're just shooting the breeze having fun so we're shooting the breeze in the breeze we're, we're outside recording in uh, on a lovely summer day outside yeah after coming back from the pool with her family it's just fun yep uh, this is a good way to cap off the night, I think. Absolutely. So we're here out on the patio discussing the movie RoboCop. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you chose this movie last week. What what interested you in choosing this movie, Josh? Honestly, I, I think RoboCop, even though I've never seen the movie, I think is sort of an iconic 80s character like that everybody knows. Right. Like, I've never seen the movie, but I know who RoboCop is and what he looks like. Um... I actually, you know what? I'm sad to say that I have seen the 2014 version of RoboCop, which <laughs> which is PG-13, so it's PG-13. On this podcast. Yeah, right. Um, so you know, what did you think of that one? The remake? It was just meh. Now, would it be called a remake or a reboot? What do you think? Probably a reboot, right? It doesn't. I mean, it kind of follows the same story, but there's a lot of differences, huh? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the basic story structure is there. Yeah, I mean, it was just a B movie. It's, yeah. It was kind of fun to watch, but it wasn't anything great. Not memorable at all. I mean, obviously, I don't remember most of what happened. I remember Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson is in the movie. Yeah. Briefly, not very often, not very much. He, and Michael he's, Keaton, he's right? Like the, so Sam Jackson is like the media guy, right? Right. He's just and has Michael no Keaton reason is the, for anything. the big bad corporate. Yeah. Guy. So it yeah. was just yeah, like I said, it was mini. Yeah, I, I feel like the '80s one holds up better, and it's even more relevant, fresh today. Kind of funny how that works. <laughs> but yeah, forty like, years ago, you say you you know you know who RoboCop is, or you knew who RoboCop was as a kid. Is that because of like like '80s marketing was super weird? Okay, right? so here, well, okay, you're you were really onto something because yeah. 
I had a RoboCop action figure. Yeah. Like, literally, so, the so action these... figure as a kid. But there's no way in hell my parents would have ever let me see this movie. Right. Uh, which I can definitely attest to now after having seen the movie. Uh-huh. Um, with all the violence that's in it. RoboCop. Part man, part robot. All cop. The ultimate in law enforcement. RoboCop and the Ultra Police. The only cops with rapid repeat cap firing. He's unstoppable. Battling the worst criminals. Headhunter. And Nitro. <laughs> the Ultra Police, protected by Robo Armor, bring RoboCop even more firepower. In the fight for justice, nothing can stop. RoboCop. RoboCop and the Ultra Police, each sold separately with RoboCaps. All of these 80s rated R movies were marketed towards kids in the toy department. Like, what where the hell? Have Term- Terminator <laughs> toys. Yeah, man. RoboCop, Predator, Aliens. Mm. So you grow up li- loving the characters, but not having any real knowledge about it because you were never allowed to see the movie, at least in my case. Right. So I, I don't remember seeing RoboCop all the way through as a kid. I did see it um, maybe in my 20s for the first time. But yeah, I, I saw bits and pieces of it as a kid. And, and I did see other films that were marketed towards ch- uh, children in the toy department, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Terminator, Alien movies. So Dick, Tracy? Dick Tracy? I had a, I, We had some Dick Tracy action figures mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, so so I, I had some connection to watching some of the movies and, and liking the toys. But yeah, I, I remember having just the weirdest toys as a kid. Like I had all the Universal Monsters as action figures like Dracula, the Mummy. Mm-hmm. So the Robocop kind of fits in there. <laughs> As kind of a, a creature feature. Kind of t- <laughs> yeah, you can consider him a creature. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about a creature feature that I didn't see that I was that I was almost about to see. So I, I was looking for um, RoboCop on the streaming services, mm-hmm. and we finally found it on Hulu, right? Okay, yeah. But I was looking for like a, a free service that might have it, so I, I looked on Tubi, okay. and I found a, a movie called Robo Vampire. <laughs> Oh, nice. And this was made, I believe, the same year that RoboCop was made, back in the 80s. Oh. And I'm going to show you a marketing picture for it. That sounds like it. a quality film. So there's the poster for it. <laughs> and they basically just ripped off RoboCop. Dude, he's got, like, Nosferatu in a headlock on that. <laughs> if you haven't seen the picture of it, go look it up, RoboVampire. Yeah, watch maybe a trailer of it or watch just, just kind of scrub through it to see what you find interesting. <laughs> It reminds me of these movies that I used to find. Um, as a missionary in the Dominican Republic, I, I would buy some street DVDs that would have like collections of like B, not, not even B movies, like D movies. On uh-huh. These movies that were made in the 70s and 80s that were just had horrible acting. Like like they, they would have like A-list, B-list actors, but it was like when they were like struggling for money, you could tell. Uh-huh. Right? So I, th- I think it's one of those movies where like it has Kung Fu like, and it has supernatural uh, elements. Like made for TV movies. Like the shitty yeah. movies you find are red, are at Redbox, right? <laughs> that are well, like, like what's those, out. More, more like those DVDs you'll find in the five dollar bin that are like here's a, a, a ten DVD collection, you know? And they're all crappy movies. Oh crap! Yeah, but we're not talking about Robo Vampire. <laughs> Maybe we'll save that for another podcast, Ryan. We're gonna talk about Robocop. And um, wait, did you hear that? Was what? that was that the doorbell? Door- yeah. What? Then, oh hey! Hey, stop this! This is an unauthorized podcast. Oh, uh, why? I'm sorry, what, what's Wait, going on? Is that, is that RoboCop? What? Disengage immediately. The hell? Sir, <laughs> I have my hands are up. You can't, I, you can't see. My hands are up. I'm sorry. I have been entrusted to protect the innocent. You have 10 seconds to comply. Oh my god, Josh. All right, our hands all right, up, all right, okay? All right. Come quietly or there will be trouble. What kind of trouble? Dude, RoboCop, back off, dude. Um, okay, we're just, we're just recording a podcast. We're complying. Our hands are up. Drop your hands, citizen. You're doing well. Oh. 
Good luck with the podcast. Cheerio. Thank you. Right, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Robocop. Um, man, we got to stop letting in guests to the podcast. Why? Yeah, we need that. No. This isn't working, man. <laughs> like, lock the door. Lock the door. We cannot be answering the door Lock anymore. the gates, like Mark Maron. I don't, I don't, That's I'm sorry I made that reference. Mark Maron is a podcaster. One oh, of the all right. Podcasters. Kudos to Mark Maron. <laughs> Anyways, so let's get into the movie. Uh, what were your initial thoughts? Um, like everything that you would expect a B movie from the 80s to be. Although, I don't know. Is it a B movie? I, that was my take on it. It was like... I think at the time, I don't I don't know. I, I don't think it was considered a B movie at the time. Oh, okay. Well, it's... I don't know. I, from my point of view, it was like a, like a trashy B movie. Like the, the special effects don't hold up super well. <laughs> I mean, the suit is still pretty cool. You, you didn't like the I'll stop animation? The no, the stop animation <laughs> was like, what the hell are you guys trying to do? Right. But uh, that aside, no, it was, it was a fun movie to watch i enjoyed it it's not um a movie that's gonna make you think at least for me personally it's gonna make you think yeah the entire movie like last week we talked about fight club right so it's a very huge shift in just how you watch the movie but no i, I enjoyed it it was fun right it's not uh, like you say not a very cerebral movie but right it does have some takes it does yes right? and so we'll talk about some of the the themes that kind of run through paul verhoeven's uh, other movies mm -hmm. um as a director I, I he's one of my favorite directors when it comes to uh themes that he likes to to not parody but make satire of right and i think that's where i i was picking up that list movie thing because it is so satirical very right? satirical it's, it's yeah. full of satire and uh commentary that's just over the top but it works i mean from the very beginning of the movie we get satire with the the news bulletins so right and honestly that's the first thing i noticed that i was like oh man this is such an 80s movie was that newscasters the ladies hair <laughs> yeah. it was like very a foot high yeah. you know like, yeah and and just the the guy is very ron burgundy-esque mm -hmm. this is media break you give us three minutes, and we'll give you the world. Good morning. I'm Casey Wong with Jess Perkins. Top story, Pretoria. The threat of nuclear confrontation in South Africa escalated today when the ruling white military government of that besieged city-state unveiled a French-made neutron bomb and affirmed its willingness to use the three-megaton device as the city's last line of defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get the news bulletin. That's um, another constant in... Paul Verhoeven movies. Starship Troopers. You haven't seen that one. Correct? I have not seen that one. That one, I believe I put on the list, so we it may is. be covering that in this it podcast. On the unrestricted list. Um, but yeah, they have news segments in that one too. Um, and like fake commercials, like you saw in this one. Right, okay. I ha we'll get to that, because that was those were actually some of my favorite parts of the movie. Well, let's talk about them now. What, uh, okay. let's, let's talk about those fake commercials, like, like the, uh, the nuclear Nuke one. Nuke Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of debt. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. <laughs> Nuke em. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. I thought it was freaking hilarious. So they're they're pushing a game called Nukem, and it's like it's like Battleship. It's like Battleship, but with with like nukes and ex, there's like fake explosions, and they're using all of this war jargon and yep. stuff that it's interesting. And the dad is like, "That's it, Buster." <laughs> to his son, <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines from this movie. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to think about what's you know what's the commentary on that. Like that our society is so used to violence and like. Uh, world upheaval that it's 
it's almost marketable. Yeah, you know that, what I mean? Could be. Like, let, let's dig into that. So, yeah, what was Paul Verhoeven trying to, to commentate on with that? Um, yeah, that maybe just the the history of violence in, in the U.S. and and the way that it's going, and just how the media portrays violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, yeah, like you have this board game, which is like uber violent, like the most violent you can get. You have a, a nuclear attack video or a, a nuclear attack board game. Maybe it's just a commentary on like how video games are so violent. But it's fun for the whole family, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I did get a kick out of that. Oh, that was great. On, on the new segment, we get an introduction to the bad guy, the main bad guy, right, Clarence. the crime boss. Right, mm-hmm. he's the crime boss. He's played by the guy from that '70s show, Red. Red. Yeah. <laughs> And I just want to say, when my time comes, I want to be buried face down so that anyone who doesn't like me can kiss my ass. Yeah, that was dumbass. All right, guys. You know what? It's weird, though. He has a terrible bad guy voice. Really? I thought he was really good in this movie, though. It's not. Well, I guess it's not terrible. It was not your stereotypical bad guy voice. Because he has this kind of high, shrill. There's there's something about him that I find threatening. I don't know what it is. It's it's his bald head. Or balding. Full bald, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm getting there. I'll I'll go bald someday. I've got a high hairline, so I'm not going (laughs) to comment on that. I'm a good guy. Um, um, yeah, he was good. And so after the, the new segments, we're introduced to a new officer, the main guy, uh, Murphy, Officer Murphy. Right. He's the guy that ends up becoming Robocop, um, played by Peter Weller, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, can I just announce something that I found out yesterday? Yeah. So after watching the movie, I just did a quick like, IMDb check. Uh-huh. Um, so apparently, Peter Weller and Nancy Allen are celebrating birthdays today. Oh, well, happy Totally birthday. unplanned. July twenty fourth is Peter Weller. Wow! And um, for all you Mormons and ex Mormons out there, Happy Pioneer Day, aka Pie and Beer Day. That's what we're celebrating today. Yeah, also. let's get a little clink. <laughs> Boom! We have right. pie, but we have our beers here. Yes. Well, um, happy birthday to Peter Weller and, and what's her name? Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. She's the one that plays um, the other Lewis. officer. Okay, Lewis. Yes, okay. Officer Lewis. So and I had to throw that in there. It's just interesting when when they're um, introduced. He's so Peter Weller's character Murphy is the new guy at the station, in Detroit, right? Yes, he's transferring from another station, right? Okay, and at this police station, they have. Uh, well, let's just say, as soon as you get into the police station, you're seeing ass and boobs, right? Okay, right? Well, that's where I was going. With okay, that. so at this police station, is it common to have co-ed showers at police stations? <laughs> Not even for the '80s, right? Like. I don't think so. I, I think, no way. I think that's more of a Paul Verhoeven thing because that happens in Starship Troopers too. You have a co-ed shower scene. Oh, in that wow. one also. That's weird. So I think he just likes... Ruining the youth of America is what he's doing. <laughs> oh, Paul, so evil. That's right. Well, I mean, it was gratuitous. Was it though? I mean, it was just... Like but it's just like showering. they're just free with their sexuality in the yeah. very far distant future, right? So. Right. How, when does this take place in the future? I don't they, they don't really say. They don't, anyways, but do it's they, de- they definitely it's implied that it's like very far off future, right? Would you say very far off? I don't know. Or maybe like what what he what, what he would have thought twenty twenty would be like? Yeah, exactly. I'm like not sure. That would be some reason want to go jump into. But yeah, I, I think maybe he was thinking the not too distant future. To be honest, it's possible. Because there's a lot of things that haven't changed. Like That's true. Like, when we get a look at the city of Detroit, the Motor City, he kind of, I, I don't know if he prophesized this or, or what, but, I mean, he basically guessed that Detroit was going to have a collapse. And the, um, I mean, it's, it's the, the crime in this movie is ridiculous. It's so like, over the top. Like, the streets are just crime-ridden, and the cops are... You, you don't really see helpless. any regular people other than in the commercials. 
Right. When you're on the streets, you only see people doing bad stuff, yeah. committing crimes. Yeah. Really? Right? Like in this movie, I feel yeah. like the only time you're in the city, there's someone committing a crime. Somewhere. I mean, they have a scene where they just shoot rocket launchers at each other. Whoa! A new toy. Can I play? Huh? <laughs> Watch this. Wait a minute, wait, Clarence! Clarence! Nice car, Joe. Fuck you, man. Let me try that. Cobra assault cannon, state of the art, bang bang. Uh, Not really the most effective weapon to use. And that building, yeah, it was crazy. Um, So yeah, there's an interesting line in here where the chief of police says, police officers, don't strike. Yeah, I noticed that too. Where I think they want to, they're they're talking about maybe going on strike because one of the officers was killed. Well, right, and it's like, it's a big problem though. Like, not just uh, the one officer, but they're saying how many, I don't know, however many it was. We lost six officers in the last week. Or whatever. So, just an interesting commentary on unions, especially like police unions, and and how. Uh, I mean, obviously, I I think lot, like I'm I'm part of a union. Um, I'm a, a mail carrier, and uh, with my union, we don't really strike because you know, we do all of our. We have reps that that do all the negotiating at the table for us, and so with that, we don't really have to um, protest and we don't have to strike. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. What would you think about? Well, I think it's interesting because obviously the justice system is a hot topic issue these days. So Murphy at the police station is introduced to his new partner. Um, What was her name? Lewis? Lewis, I believe. Who were introduced to her kicking some criminal's ass. Like a ninja style. (laughs) And um, they're introduced and... um, She's introduced as his partner and possibly love interest, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. They have a weird. They have some weird vibes because he's kind of when they when he first gets on the job, he's almost kind of chauvinistic in a way because he like he wouldn't let her drive. Like like, I usually drive when I'm breaking in new officers or whatever. Take the passenger seat, sweetheart. Yeah. But they, they have pretty good chemistry. I mean, you can kind of see that they have a relationship, a good working right. relationship. And you can tell that she feels some guilt. When, we'll get into it, but when mm-hmm. he ends up dying and being replaced by a robot, she feels some sort of guilt. Yeah. Um, cut to a corporate skyscraper, and we're introduced to Bob and some associates. Mm-hmm. Um, they're discussing a complete overhaul of the city. Uh, at this meeting that they go to. Right. And they're going to call it Delta City. Delta City. So I, I guess the, the plan is to get rid of all crime, clean it up, and build a utopia. That always works. Right? It yeah. always works. <laughs> of course. It, it's, it always works. Right. And then we, we also learn, don't mess with Dick. Right. Richard, <laughs> a.k.a. Dick, is uh, uh, number two at this place. Yes, right? number two of the company. Right. And um, who, who's the one messing with him? So Bob is it's, the one. Um, yeah, Bob. So Dick. Um, he makes this uh, droid, the ED-209, ED standing for enforcement droid. And, uh, Good old Ed. Ed. Ed 209. Yeah. This thing was crazy. This, so this is the stop animation that I was referring to. It's so out of place. It, and It does take you out of the movie a little bit. It does. I think the design is kick-ass, though. Like, it, it's just... <sighs> This monstrous droid mech type thing kind of reminds me of um, the baddie in Iron Man. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot. Oh, I can't remember his name. The, first, the baddie in the first Iron Man, the, his suit. First Iron. Oh okay. Um, just big, bulky, lots of missiles and yeah, like, yeah. But anyway, but this thing is trash. Oh, but it's, 
But we find, okay, well, we'll get to it. But you find out that it actually works, right? No, I mean, it doesn't This is so work. clunky. It's very oh. clunky, and it's got a glitch. So, I mean, 20 seconds in to introducing it, it, it's, it uh, shoots a guy. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny gets, Kenny. Kenny, poor Kenny. Oh, my God, I killed Kenny. I killed Kenny. <laughs> he, Kenny gets done dirty, you guys. Over the top, over the top blood yeah. spattering and, like. You have 20 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. No, he just falls oh, no, on yeah. top of the model of the city. That's right. That's There's right. some foreshadowing. Very bloody death by Kenny. And uh, Ed 209 just massacres him. Um, but yeah, that was due to a glitch that it had. So I guess this isn't really the future of law enforcement that Dick was hoping for. Right. And then that's when Bob steps in to pitch his Robocop right. that he, I guess, had been developing. Right. He pitches it to the, the number one guy, the boss. And, and I felt like everyone after the death of Kenny just took his death very callously. Like, I, Oh, I think there might have been a lady crying. <laughs> well, the boss is more concerned about how are they going to fix, you know, the technology. Right. What's what's our solution going to be? And not necessarily. Oh my God, Kenny just got shot right. like fifty times. But I mean, this I, I I would say it's extreme, but things like this do happen. Well, at, at the corporate level, I mean, you have deaths and accidents in Amazon warehouses, and people just carry on. And um, I've worked at. Uh, manufacturer places where there was this one time where a guy got crushed by um, plastic material. It's terrible. And, you know, he was there underneath it for four hours and when they found his body, they, they're like, okay, let's take care of it so we can get back to work. It's sad. It's awful. Well, the horrors of corporate greed and consumerism. Yeah. Which, um, you know, we can tie that back to our former religion and now corporate greed was put above the, the maybe the safety or the the good, you know, the, the, the well-being of, of the employees, or not just the employees, the church members. The members, yeah. Sure. I mean, we could talk about, well, we might as well talk about it since we're going to bring it up. We could talk about tithing. Tithing is the thing in the Mormon church where every member is expected and required to pay 10% of all of their income, uh, regardless of your financial situation. Uh, you sh it's, you're taught to pay it before you pay your bills, before you pay your mortgage, before you buy, pay for your groceries. Um, and for a lot of people, a lot of people who've left the church, I think uh, we feel like members are just a, another source of income for the church. Right. And um, as a member of the church, you you pay your tithing because you're told you'll re receive multitude of blessing for doing so. And even if you're in dire straits, like you say, if you you know have bills to pay, if you have rent to pay, you're still expected to pay. 10% of your income, no matter what. Well, what happens if you don't pay your tithing? Right? Well, you don't receive the blessings, quote unquote blessings of going to the temple. You are shunned in some regard by members and church leaders and possibly family. So what what does it mean to a member to um, to be told that you can't go to the temple? What is that? Well, I think it can be devastating, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you're if you can't go to the temple, um, can't take part of the the covenants there, the, the promises you make there, and the the rituals and ceremonies right. that are practiced there. So I, I think one thing I was going that's got me going uh -huh. and thinking is about the whole temple recommend getting 
being able to go to the temple, go get interviewed, and then you get this piece of paper, it's called a temple recommend. Right. What the temple recommend does is it shows that you have been found worthy. And worthy is, is the exact word that they use in the church, and it's directly tied, in my in my opinion, it's, yeah. you maybe it's not preached over the pulpit, but it, you as a person, you tie that to your worth as a person, right. and that is the root word of the word worthy. Right. And so for me, um, as an active member, it would have, like you said, it would have been devastating. Well, you're, you're found as a not worthy or as a less than person right. because you're not paying money to the church. Right. And it's just them with, with dollar sign eyes that them looking at your worth is just them looking at your, your financial worth. Basically. That's what I can think. That's what we're going right. with. Where we're going with. But luckily in your temple recommend interview, if you don't pay your tithing, you don't get shot the hell out by a big giant robot. So that's good. <laughs> that would be scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but let's, let's, let's jump back into the movie. I mean, I, I, right. I love, I like tying it back into religion because uh, that's where I'm coming from as, a new, as someone who's newly out of religion. Right. But. And, and I think that's kind of what we're going for with this podcast too. I mean, there, there are a lot of movie podcasts out there. There are a lot of ex important podcasts out there or secular podcasts out there. But I think we're kind of doing a mixture of both. Right. Because that, that's our experience. We love movies and we're also dealing with the ramifications of being uh, post-religious people absolutely yeah so that's where we're coming from that's our perspective so uh back to robocop we have a police chase and shootout with the bad guys yes is this oh yeah so this is uh clarence in their in the van right okay so lewis and murphy get called out on i'm assuming it was, it was feeling like it was their first big yeah feel like he's right fresh on the job and then get called out it's this. their first assignment together and, yes. and they're following clarence and his boys in a van down the highway and clarence to throw them off throws one of his own guys out and and the guy lands on uh, the police windshield. Can you fly, Bobby? Can you fly? Can you fly? Well, you're gonna. <laughs> and this leads them to that uh, they go to their uh, warehouse hideout, and Lewis and Murphy follow them there. Um, Officer Lewis ends up getting punched out. <laughs> this scene was right. kind of uh, odd. We have a <laughs> don't look. Don't look! We, we have one, one of the gang members <laughs> urinating on the side of the wall. Urinating, then turns around to to see Officer Lewis there, and he goes, Mind if I zip up? And she looks She down. looks! No! Why? She gets distracted by looking at his junk and gets punched out. <laughs> Damn it. Never looked down. But you know what? If she would have never done that, we would never have Robocop. But, so. Yep. so as she's uh, lying unconscious on the floor, uh, her partner Murphy gets captured and beat the hell up. Not just beat up. They, they shoot him Who up. gets beat up? Murphy? Murphy. Oh, no. They sh Okay, first, they shoot his fucking hand off, right? right? And it's like... The good prosthetic work here. Yeah, okay. very nice. I mean, they must have had, like, like dozens of squibs go off on this guy. Like, just the blood work on this was <laughs> and then glorious. They, then they start shooting him up, and they shoot his whole freaking arm off. Yeah. Like... It looked pretty brutal. Like I, I don't know what guns they were using. Yeah. Like, that it literally blows your arm off. You know, just a Glock 22. <laughs> I mean, they weren't using the rocket launchers yeah. yet. So. so yeah, Liz flying, and then, squibs going off, and then he's left for dead there. Well, they should, then the, finally the, the um, Clarence shoots him in the head, right? Like, so straight I mean, through his brain. So he's practically dead. At the, yeah. But um, yeah, and so he's left there. Uh, his life starts flashing before his eyes. He has some memories that before he becomes completely brain dead, he kind of relives a couple of experiences with his wife mm -hmm. at home, and then his he's brought to this place where his memories are erased. He's on. What's the story? We were able to save the left arm. What? I thought we agreed on total body prosthesis. Now lose the arm, okay? Jesus, Morton. Can, can, can you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. We're going to blank his memory anyway. 
Well, I think we should lose the arm. What, what do you think, Johnson? Well, he signed the release forms when he joined the force. He's legally dead. We can do pretty much what we want to. Lose the arm. Shut him down. Prep him for surgery. And so him, him being brought to this place, did you get a, a clue that maybe Clarence was working with, with the police at this point? I did not. Okay. Should I have? I don't know. Like, did I miss it? Like, I feel like, well... Bob just kind of takes over and does his thing. That's when true. they take him into the hospital and start turning him into a machine, it's all Bob, I thought. Right, right. So, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a cool uh, part of the movie where you're going in, in and out and yeah. it's... Um, all computer. I don't know how to explain it. They have a, like you're looking through one end of a computer. Right. Uh, it's it's kind of like a not a not so much a predator view, but like oh yeah, I, yeah, a, a robot view. It's like sure. the opposite of Tony Stark view. You get the what, the Jarvis you, side. Well, no, I, you know what it's like. It, it's like a Terminator view. Oh yeah. It, okay. Like, yeah, like I got you on that. And so yeah, they erase his memory. He's fitted, he's fitted with a shell body, a titanium corporal shell and they replace his limbs and, and most of his body with titanium they basically just keep his like part of his head and maybe his brain i guess i don't know how the mechan mechanics work because yeah. you do eventually see his face but the back of his i don't know if part the part of his brain that they were able to salvage is still somehow locked up in there right i don't know and that's a question i had like did they turn him on or did they just wake him up you know w was he conscious at that point or was he mostly or was I he just don't... machine there's very little human there right from what you can see and so they bring him to the the police holding cell to recharge there and to give him his uh directive and the police are very interested in this the, the other police members are they're like what, what are they gonna do replace us <laughs> oh my god yeah, well. <laughs> and then um after that we get to uh uh get to see a convenience store robbery we get to see <laughs> yes we're shown. oh so he goes on his first patrol Here's so, what I wrote down. First patrol, he kicks ass and dick. Do you remember? You know what I'm talking dick. about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's set this up. So there's this guy, Rob. Oh, no. He's trying to rape someone. This a bad guy's trying to rape a woman. These two bad guys are trying to rape a woman. Uh, Robocop shows up, and uh, the woman being assaulted is screaming for help. And, and what does he do? Well, the, the, the gunman is holding from behind, right? As, right. you know, human shield style or whatever. And she's wearing this, like, flowery dress. <laughs> this long sundress. Right. And he tries to, you know, to find his aim where he's going to shoot. Right. And then zeroes in on, like, crotch area. And at first I was like, holy shit, is he going to, like, shoot? Yeah, I, I thought he was going to shoot her. Okay. And then he, pow, he shoots him, goes in between her legs, through the dress, and shoots this guy in the penis. In the dick. And, yeah, yeah we get a, a shot of his bloody, bloody Levi's. Yeah. It was nasty. Thank God that's all the shows, though. <laughs> and then the woman goes to get comforted by RoboCop. And... <laughs> Thank you! Thank you! Madam, you have suffered an emotional shock. I will notify a rape crisis center. Sorry. I mean, you, you have to laugh about it. I, obviously, that's an important subject, but... He offers, like, no human connection. Right, right. No human connection at all. Right. And so, uh, this took place after the convenience store robbery, um, where he beat up a guy that was robbing a convenience store. And then after the attempted rape, there is a hostage hostage situation at the mayor's office. Yes. And the out-of-control councilman. Right. A councilman who lost his job because he wasn't elected, I guess. I, get, I don't know. I, he went off the handle and was trying to kill people. He did right. kill one person. Right. Going in, you can see. And he's talking about things he wants. Like, I want a helicopter and I want a, like a Bugatti or something. or like I want an expensive car with shitty gas mileage. <laughs>
because I don't fucking care. Right. I mean, he doesn't get what he wants. Obviously, Robocop sh shows up and breaks through the wall. The <laughs> like The Shining? Like, what kind of cheap walls do they have at this place? <laughs> I mean, it is Robocop. But he is titanium. So, you know. <laughs> he yeah, saves the day. Saves the day. <laughs> then we go back to the OCP building, which is the, the police headquarters, the, the corporate building, right. where Bob works. Bob and Dick. And Bob and Dick have a little hustle in the bathroom. The, yes. the executive lounge bathroom. Yeah, watch out for Dick. <laughs> That's you know that's one of the themes of this movie apparently. I guess so. Or don't watch the dick. Don't, anyway, don't watch the don't dick. Watch the dick. Don't look also down. watch out for Dick. Sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, Dick warns him not to fuck with him. Uh, tells him that his RoboCop program is going to fail. Which, yeah, I think he already had a plan set in motion. Yeah, that's pretty evident. And you know Bob is not going to make it through the movie at this point for sure. Yeah, I was, I mean, I you was know pretty he's sure he's going to die at some point. I, I mean, I thought he was going to get assaulted in the bathroom, but I guess it was <laughs> just a warning shot. That comes eventually. Yeah. Spoiler. Um so what happens next? Um, Robocop has some dreams. Right. Um, he remembers who killed him or, or he gets like flashes of him. Like he doesn't know their identities yet. Mm -hmm. But at this point, as he's dreaming inside the, the police holding cell, he gets flashes of his murder. Um, but because of this, he ends up escaping the right. police holding and cell. I, during this part, I was getting some like some huge Frankenstein vibes. Yes. Which I think is a really interesting theme of this movie as a whole. Okay, yeah. I didn't relate it to Frankenstein, but I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, he literally breaks out of his, like, <laughs> like manacles or whatever, and bursts out and does his thing. He's, he's the monster that we all created. That we all created that has no place in either world, the monster world or the human world. He's confronted by Lewis his former partner in the hallway um, who reminds him who he is. He, she tells him, uh, you're Murphy. Uh, he goes after um, some of the people that killed him. The first guy was at the gas station. This guy, was he's such a dick for no reason. <laughs> like, he's um, hes just antagonizing this gas station attendant who's reading a book. Hey, good kudos to that gas station guy, though. <laughs> I mean, he held his shit together pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he's just reading he a book there. He didn't even <laughs> He's just reading a book, and and this dick is like, Oh, are you a college boy reading a book? What are you reading there? And he just nods his head. No. Yeah. <laughs> he kept his cool. <laughs> he did keep his cool. Yep. And uh, Robocop shows up, um, ends up blowing up the gas station. Well, that was really the douchebag's fault. Right, the douchebag cuts a, a fuel line or right, something. Right, and then he throws his, I don't know, a cigarette or whatever right. to light it, to blow everything up. And somehow the convenience store guy was really fast and got out of it. That's true. He, I mean, he would have, I'm sure he's got some like. I, I kind of want a, like an Animal, ha animal House-esque. Um, ending for him just to know where what happened to him. Like, <laughs> by he, the way, he ended up going to college and becoming a, a astrophysicist, astrophysicist or something. Um, so yeah, uh, Robocop gets the names of some other gang members, and he ends up finding his own identity. Um, uh, he does a little, a little Google search at the police station. Yeah. <laughs> looks he, himself up. He has. Like I this, wonder what would ha come up if I type my own name. He has like this thumb drive on his uh, on his fist mm. that looks like a spike that he plugs into computers. <laughs> did you get to the? Did we skip the part where he flips the person off with his big spike? <laughs> yeah. And so he, he gets his own identity and ends up uh, uh, looking up his own address. Yeah. And so he goes to his home. And this was kind of cool. Um, you have like a, a robot uh, real person, estate a robot thing? real estate agent, yeah. just showing the home. Um, but his home is now vacant. His family moved on. Who knows where they are? Um, but he begins to remember. He goes crazy in the home, punches the, the robot real estate agent. He probably deserved it. Yeah. And um, then we get Clarence confronting Bob. Clarence is working for Dick. Yeah, Clarence is Dick's muscle man. 
Right. Right. And so, so he threatens Bob um, because Dick wants his um, Ed program to Dick wants his Ed program to take over instead of the Robocop. Right. Okay. Um, then at this point we go to a drug den. Um, Robocop interrupts a drug deal that Clarence is having, and Clarence rats out Dick at this point. He's trying to save his own life. Yeah. What a rat. Coward. 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 Come on, Red. I thought you were bigger than that. Uh, we get a, uh, a scene in the OCP headquarters. Um, okay. So this we, we go back to the police headquarters, um, the building, the corporate headquarters, and Robocop goes there to arrest. Was it to arrest Dick? Yeah. Right? And Objective he four. He can't arrest him because it says any attempt to arrest an OCP officer will, Senior result, official. will result in immediate shutdown. Yeah, so he's like kind of shutting down or whatever. Right. So he can't arrest Dick. And this is where the... He sticks Ed on him. The Ed 209 attacks. And mm-hmm. he gets some more stop motion fun here. <laughs> Very fun. He, fa- he falls down the stairs. Right. Like you're, you're designing a security robot that cannot go up or down stairs. Right. This thing was not built by Boston <laughs> Dynamics. This... <laughs> This thing can't even handle stairs. But, I mean, aren't stairs all of our downfall? Very good. Very good one. <laughs> I see what you did there. I, I was going to say Achilles Hill, but a downfall just made more sense as a joke. It's very, very nice. Pun. That was very punny. <laughs> then um, Clarence is released from jail, and Dick tells him to destroy Robocop at all costs. Yes. So this sets up the finale, right. the big final so, so action scene of the movie. Clarence is asking Dick, well, got any access to military weaponry? Or I basically am the military. Yeah, we are the military. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of a commentary. I, I, I mean, especially nowadays, the, militiz- uh, the police have become very militarized. But um, I don't know, back in the day... They weren't as much, at least, back in the 80s. But I think that's another... But again, the power of corporate America, right? Yeah, it was corporate America working with politics, I think. Sure. It intertwined with politics in a way. Um, let's see here. Really, I think all that we have left is is the big big fight crazy yeah. scene in the end. So um, when, when Murphy took off his helmet in front of Lewis, right. did that remind you of Star Wars at all? Yeah, I mean, his face kind of even looks like it, right? honestly. Yeah. yeah. That's, just, so just the back can, of his head is very... This is robotic. the first part of the movie where you really see his kind of human side when he takes his helmet off right. and I think he's uh, at one point he says something like Murphy had a wife and son what happened to them well after the funeral she moved away where did they go she thought you were dead she started over again I can feel them Um, I can feel, but I can't remember, yeah. you know. So he becomes instantly a little more human in that moment. Yeah, the makeup and costuming at this point was really good, showing his face and how it looked like it was. It, it reminded me a lot of, uh, of uh, Ex Machina, a movie that came out a couple of years ago. But obviously that one, the Ex Machina, was done mostly by CGI. This one, I didn't think had any CGI with the face and the uh, body. Right. Um, what else? So, yeah, we get the, the final scene. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, the most psycho part of this whole thing was the toxic waste kill. Yeah. The guy, the dude drives his car through the toxic waste thing and he comes out like... The toxic Avenger, basically. The to- yeah, like, oh, gosh. Or the guy from Goonies. <laughs> Hey guys! Yeah, yeah that was and brutal. before he just like I don't know melts into oblivion. Right. Basically, he trashes everybody. Uh, Clarence dies. They all die. He saves the day. He gets pretty. He's pretty beat up. Uh, Robocop is, but, but he survives. And then he ends up after beating the bad guys. He ends up going back to the uh, police headquarters, OCP headquarters, and he uh, gives them all the evidence. That right. They need. And Dick is there. And uh, I mean, Robocop at this point has just uh, defied all protocol. Right. Yes. He's, he's gone rogue in a sense. And so when Dick.
Nick gets fired by the boss, mm-hmm. he's no longer a police officer. So then Robocop is able to basically dispose of him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the uh, his spiky hand thing that does the... Or, or is that how he kills Clarence? I think that's how he kills Clarence. I can't remember how Dick dies. Yeah, I think that's how he kills Clarence. Yeah. Dick dies by getting thrown out the window. Oh, yeah, because I remember that weird yeah. stop motion. He that was, he was really like weird. a bird. Like his arms were really long. But it looked bad. It was not particularly well done, but... You know, do the job. He died. But yeah, and then it, it kind of cuts to black really quickly, I think. Like, okay, movie's over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but there's not like 10 endings like there are with movies nowadays. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, movies nowadays tend to suffer from a lack of self-editing sometimes. I think so. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah um, it ends pretty abruptly. And fade to, not fade to black, just cut the black. There we go. So. Let's talk about some of the major themes. Talking about themes. Okay. Um, militarization of police forces. Um, I, I kind of wanted to touch on this just a bit because I do feel like the police are, are getting a, a lot of military style toys that maybe they don't need nowadays. Um, we see just the other day going to work, I saw uh, an armored, I don't even know what you would call it. It wasn't an SUV. It was basically a tank mm-hmm. um, that said Harriman police on the side of it. Like, now, why would Harriman City need a tank? Why on earth would they need a tank? It wasn't SWAT. It was the police force. It just, it, it, it seems out of place, especially, you know, yeah. it, it's it's a lot of scare tactics that, that are used. And um, I'm going to say it right now. I am not uh, for the militarization of the police. Fair enough. You know, so it could be jarring when you see stuff like that. I had a lot of culture shock when I went on a mission for the church to Eastern Europe um, because it's very commonplace to see military and police just sit, hanging out with their AK-47. And, yeah. and it, for me as an American, that was weird. Like that threw me off big time. Now you were in the Ukraine before they had a lot of, um, like the upheaval and the civil upheaval war stuff. Yeah, that was that took started taking place like two or three years after. Um, but even before that, and I, and I think it's much more common in other places than it is here. But as an American being over there and seeing just dudes hanging out with their AK-47s and military hanging out all over the place, that was a little weird for me. But and right. I, yeah. I get what you're saying, Ryan, for sure. I think the better commentary of this movie, though, was the the entanglement of politics and corporations, um, where there's a lot of money in politics, and, and you know, politics governs policing sometimes. And so, if you have the two very intertwined, you know, it's usually the corporations deciding, you know, what laws get passed, mm-hmm. what happens at a at a legal level. But that, that's a very interesting commentary. Movie, I, thought. I think you could talk a long time about how everything is connected. I mean, yeah. geez, with the stuff that we have going on today. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, should we get to final thoughts for the movie? Sure, final thoughts. That works for me. Okay. Okay. So going back to the end of the movie and how you feel, felt like it kind of ended abruptly. Um. I did a little digging, and I did find out that there is a sequel coming. It is in development. Wait, a sequel to the original? To the original Robocop. Written by two of the original writers. Hold on a second. So so you know how, just a couple years ago, they did a sequel to the original Halloween with, with Jamie Lee I Curtis. I did not know that. So the, the most recent one that came out, that's a sequel. Okay. To the, even there was a even though there was a Halloween two, right. and a Halloween three, you're just disregarding all of it. Disregarding all the sequels, and the latest one that came out was a direct sequel to the original. Yeah, that's exactly the same concept. Interesting. That they're doing for RoboCop because there there has been a RoboCop two and three, right? And, and the reboot. reboot. Yeah. yeah, they're di- they're just pretending like none of it happened, and they're picking up right where RoboCop one left off. Is Peter Weller going to play RoboCop? 
No. Okay. Do they have an actor? There is no cast attached to the movie as of yet <laughs> on IMDb. Is this on Kickstarter? No, it's on I you can go look on, on IMDb. It's just called Robocop Returns. I mean, there, there are lots of pre-productions on IMDb that don't turn out to be anything. I mean, it sounds like they have a story idea at least okay. because it was they like I said, it's from two of the original collaborators that did this. Is Paul Verhoeven attached? Not Paul Verhoeven. Okay. It's I, I I didn't write their names down, but it's two of the other guys, and they had already had a story somewhat written before, and they're bringing it back out. This movie, from what I read. So, but my question is, my question is, what is a remake or a sequel that you would like to see? Now, and I know can, that's can really be, broad. Right. Um, should we limit it to movies set in a certain time period? Maybe like 80s, 90s? Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, let's do that. 80s or 90s movie that I would like to see a sequel of. Or, or just a remake. Like, you know. Okay. Um, I want to see a sequel to Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. So, I mean, we saw Adam Sandler go through elementary school as an adult man, and he graduated, and he got the girl of his dream. I want to see what happens after that. Does he go to college? Mm. Well, no, he ends up getting the company, right? So, so what happens after that? I want to see they, a movie. Did they sign a prenup? I mean, the, this new Billy Madison will have all of his friends, of course, because they all need a paycheck, you know? Uh-huh. They'll have all the grown-ups uh, people, David Spade, and Kevin James. <laughs> Are their buddies. grandkids going to be in the movie? <laughs> They'll have Salma Hayek for some reason. Um, <laughs> Dave Buscemi? Or Steve Buscemi? Oh, <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that out. Please. I, I do know his name. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, Steve. Sorry. Yeah. We know you're listening to this. Um, are we getting like comedic Adam Sandler or Uncut Gems Adam Sandler? No, that's interesting. Would it be better to have a dramatic Billy Madison? Hell yeah. Oh, let's yeah, go. Let's do, okay, let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. Instead of a sequel, let's do a reboot Billy Madison with Uncut Gems Adam Sandler doing a dramatic <laughs> take on Billy Madison. Oh, hell. Same story. He goes back to elementary, but it's very dramatic. <laughs> hey, kids, you want to buy a watch? Me your pants is the coolest. <laughs> well, that's good. I like that. So um, what I was thinking, I was thinking like super like pop culture-y, 80s, 90s, comic booky, yeah. something that I grew up with, and I was going with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, hell yeah. Because they have never made but a decent re- one. They rebooted. But it was terrible. It was, it was shit. A, it was a Michael Bay reboot. No, Michael Bay, go away. That rhymes. Michael Bay, Michael go away. Michael Bay, go away. If you want that on a t-shirt, let us know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was crap, though. I, I want a good... I, I want a good one. I didn't so, see any of the reboots. They were terrible. You don't yeah. need to see them. Okay. So I, I want a good one. And I, and I think it needs to be rated R. It needs to be darker like the comic books. I haven't read all the comic books, but I know the original series is a lot heavier, darker. So I want like rated R, but like maybe Deadpool, maybe Deadpool-esque Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sure. Now who's funnier to you, Mikey or Splinter? Are we talking like in the context of the older movies from yeah. the nineties? Yeah. Well, Splinters, right? The, man, uh, right? The, I made a funny. Yeah, I made a funny one. <laughs> Mikey had some good lines too. I can't remember them. He did, but no, I idolized those movies as a kid, and I would love to see an adult version that actually holds up as a decent film. You know, I would be cool with that. So. Yeah, they they marketed the shit out of those movies. They had um, before the reboots, they had like a Broadway show, and <laughs> they they all appeared on Oprah at one point. Oh, like the, the animatronics or uh-huh. costume? Are they costumes or? animatronics like in the original yeah maybe a little bit of both yeah i think the face is animatronic yeah that makes sense sounds right that's a good choice any final thoughts about the movie um let's get to scoring it we're we're doing um out of five golden caps no golden Golden idols idols. (laughs) yeah so out of five golden idols what would you score robocop robocop so for the 80s ish 
effects that didn't really work for me. And I don't know, it's still just at, just visually is a little dated for me still. Like, I get it. I get yeah. I, the action was fun, over the top, but fun. The, like the violence and stuff. I'm going to say like, a, it's out of five. Out of five. I'm going to give it like two and a half. Three. 2.75. 2.75. Okay. I don't want to give it a full three. This is like a C okay. for me. If, if I'm grading. Should we do 0.75 or should we just do half? Let's just say half. I'm just going to say two and a half. Okay. All right. That's not, that's not bad. Um, and this was your first time seeing it. This was yeah. my first time seeing it. Um, I'm going to give Robocop. I'm going to go a full point more than what you did. I'm going to go three and a half. Cool. An idol. Um, I don't necessarily love this movie. It's not my even. It's not my favorite Paul Verhoeven movie. Is it super? Is it a super rewatchable movie for you? Like you would go back to it? I'd watch it maybe once a year at least. Okay. Yeah, but not more than that. It's um, it's got a lot of rewatchable moments. It's got a lot of satire in it. Right. It's got a lot of. Uh, criticism of, of corporate greed, capitalism. Of yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe that part of what I'm missing is the satirical nature of the movie that it doesn't actually take itself too seriously and maybe right. I'm trying, maybe I'm trying to judge it too seriously as a movie but but I, I mean I get that I'm excited to one day explore Starship Troopers with you because that definitely takes a more satirical look about uh, about fascism and, and corporate greed um, but yeah uh, three and a half for me two and a half from you not bad um, do you want to pick a movie for next week yeah so which movie did you choose I chose the last of the Mohican <laughs> all right um Interesting. I think I'm, I, I've maybe seen this once. I don't remember a lot. So oh, be okay. Interesting to watch again. I know Daniel Day-Lewis is a good method actor. Um, so we'll see if this movie holds up at all. And We're going to have to see also if we can get it streaming. Right. Okay, so tune in next week okay. when we review The Last of the Mohicans. Until then, I'm Ryan. And Josh. Have a good some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs>